0: I mean, my darling. How would you like me to introduce
1: you? Christina Weber, founder and CEO of WeD Ben. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I talk in a sexy voice? You sure
0: can. Okay, great. We're going to talk about sexy things. So sexy things. Okay, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> Welcome back, my loves. Oh, I'm so excited. I have
1: Christina Weber with me. Welcome, welcome, love. Hi, so good to be here.
0: What a treat. We've been wanting to do this for a while. Christina is the founder and CEO of We Deepen. She is a relationship coach and an intuitive matchmaker. And we're here to talk about relationship dynamics and how we can be and show up more truthful and speaking. Our truth as to what we desire in our relationships mm. very excited
1: truthfulness I love talking about truthfulness and authenticity right That uh-huh.
0: that is your jam mm-hmm. I know you're all about that and we deepen that's like one of the bigger themes coaching people on how to show up more consciously and more in their own authenticity
1: I think it's a solution to all the world's problems <laughs> if we got along better
0: if we just spoke what we desired and didn't like hide it and shame it,
1: mm, totally. Huh, what a more world. authentic, more self, bring it.
0: Love it. You are specifically called to heal society of infidelity and cheating.
1: That's one thing I'm interested in. Like, yes, I I did grow up in a broken home. It's it's interesting, you know, my from. The first 10 years of my life, my parents were together and happy. And, you know, as I go to school, and you started to hear that some kids, their parents weren't together. And I remember feeling like really proud that mine were. And then I hit my teens, and there started, I started to notice turbulence in my parents' relationships. My dad is a lifelong, high functioning alcoholic, they were each other's first were married at 2021. 20, my brother was born when they were 24. I was born when they were 27. They, we were a middle-class family. They, um, you know, lived in a really nice neighborhood. And in my teens, yeah, my dad started to stray. And sometimes he didn't come home at night. We didn't know, you know, where was my dad? And around 11, 11, 12, you know, I'd see his car. You know, driving down the street and being a little girl, I'd wait in the window. And once my dad, I saw the car, I'd jump in bed and go to sleep. And uh, around 17, my my senior year of high school, is when they officially separated. And my older brother went to my mom and said, "You know, you have to leave him." And my mother was, you know, raised Catholic. When you got married, you stay by your partner. You don't leave. And so they separated, and I remember this moment. My dad sat me on the couch, uh, on the steps of our house, and he told me that he didn't love my mom anymore. And I remember being impacted in the moment. But years later, I moved to New York City in my early twenties, and I was having challenging challenges in my own um, personal relationships. And I got so confused, like, how can the Man, I love most in this world, who created me, not love the woman who also created me, who I love most too. Hmm. This makes absolutely no sense, and yeah, it 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 catalyzed this journey um, for me to more deeply understand love and connection and relational dynamics, you know. Fast forward, I'm now in my early 40s, and I consider myself. Although I'm dating, I consider myself. You know, if I'm going to fill out the checkbox in like your relational status, it's single. Yeah. Uh, And I see so many, you know, broken relationships, and I, yeah, just the research and the study of it, and and like, how do we heal that? Uh, i I follow these these groups on on Facebook uh the infidelity support group healing together after infidelity you will survive infidelity support a group where we tell you to leave him and over and over these challenges of um intimacy are eroded into our romantic connections and lots of misunderstandings, so that's, that's been a very much of a vested interest, and you know, I, I can't say that, I think healing infidelity is part of the overarching bigger picture of more meaningful loving relationships, mm. and that's included.
0: So I watched this 60-minute talk once, and they did a study on trying to find a species, how many species out there that are monogamous for life? <laughs> And they found one a, a flat ringworm that lives in a cow's intestine, or something. <laughs> something oh, really insane. <laughs> and they showed footage of this duck who they mate for life. They have, like, like husband and wife, dynamic. But then they show footage of the, the male duck going behind the reeds, having sex with another female duck, and then collecting reeds and bringing them back, like that's what he was doing. wow (laughs) so my point of bringing that up is we are innately uh, a species that desires to be desired by the opposite sex or or same sex doesn't Mm -hmm. matter right Mm -hmm. but like there's an innate desire to be desired so that might be one driving force Um, there's likely a I don't know this, I'm not a man, but a, a male's desire to hunt, right? And, and spread his seed. Right, that might be like genetically predisposed to wanting to procreate with as many women as you can so you can pass on your genetics. Like there's, there are a few different factors that um, would suggest and imply and even support behavior that does not lead to monogamy. And yet, many people want a monogamous relationship because it's safe. I know where my partner is. (laughs) I know what he's putting his penis into. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? But are we, like, going against nature in a way?
1: Mm. We like to control. We definitely like to control our our surroundings. There's a fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. Uh, Esther Perel says in, um, in relationships that we're it's a management of paradoxes. Okay. You know, we crave security and we not want novelty all at once. And if you are going to be with somebody till death do us part and you meet somebody at say in your twenties or thirties or forties, you know, these are years of aliveness and, you know, if we if we talk about these terms like monogamy, monogamy can mean something completely different to, an, there's all types of different monogamy. There's ah. emotional monogamy, financial monogamy, sexual monogamy. Interesting, I e, didn't know that. Yeah, so there's um, social monogamy, like what type of monogamy are we even talking about? Now there's also the term monogamish, yeah. or I believe, I you know, that one. Be, before we started <laughs> recording, you had said in your relationship you're seeking monogamy but you want to go to play parties. Right. And so that's sometimes on occasion. That's that's
0: monogamish. People would
1: consider monogamish. Yeah.
0: I'm well, I'd show up with my partner. I don't expect to have sex with anyone else, but there I want to honor this like innate desire we both may have to like flirt and play and right but I know it's happening it's in my face it's not behind my back for me a monogamous monogamous mono, <laughs> a monogamous relationship would be that uh, my partner isn't out having sex with others when I'm not there I don't know what's happening I'm calling he's not answering my first thought is gonna be like he's having sex with someone else this, and then my nervous system would freak out <laughs> you want so
1: it sounds like you want to know your reality
0: right. And, and I want to honor like our natural human desires to hunt and crave and and be desired and all that stuff.
1: And I imagine that underneath of all, there's a desire for devotional connection. Yes. Also, I find for me that the men that I admire most out in the world are the ones who are devotional to their partners, that I can be a witness to that, so that they're role modeling yeah. healthy love. And what that means is that when I'm in connection with them, that they're not hitting on me. I feel so much safer. Yeah. Oh, you love her. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to hold your connection at its highest. Right. And so now when we are connecting, you guys are together. So now we get to be platonic friends, do business together together. Uh, something of that realm. Cause I know you, t- I want to support yeah. that connection. Yeah. So leaky energy, it's right. like, you know, when you're feeling your partner, you're like, I'm not quite sure where you're going to go <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or what's going to happen. Right. And I want something in this world to just know is, um, oh, I don't want to use that word mine Cause that's not, that's not the right word, but like that I can ground into, mm and that we're doing this together. Yeah. And I love the sexual, wh- about play parties these days is that they give the opportunity for a couple to sexually explore together. Right. And let's face it, our, our educational curriculums pretty much neglect sex ed altogether. There's nothing on erotic wellness and we want thriving, fun sex lives. <laughs> like, right. like humans play through sex. And play parties give the, you know, when you step into that space, you, your imagination expands and you can take, and similar to, you don't have to go to a play party. You can go to a tantra workshop right, exactly, and you can take that back into your own relationship and play. Yeah. Often and learn new skills. Learn and
0: new s- t- yeah. It's fun. Like, otherwise, it could get boring.
1: It could get boring. Uh, there was a, a, a woman recently who shared with me that uh, she's not kinky. I invited her. We're hosting, uh, if you're listening to this pre, I know this is a timeless podcast, but pre-August 12th of 2023, yeah. we're hosting a Boundless Lionsgate Pleasure Portal event here in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And I was speaking to a woman. I shared with her about and She said, oh, I'm not kinky. And I, I challenged her on that, and in my challenge, she eventually opened up. She's like, "Okay, you're right. I am kinky because kinky (laughs) doesn't need to be BDSM. Kinky can be lingerie. Kinky can be lingerie. Very sexy. Yes, kinky can be lingerie. Kinky is role playing. Mm. How fun it's! You know, when remember if you if if, it kinky is like being back on the playground as children is that we would." We would play nurse and dolls and uh-huh. um, different scenes, and that's what you can do inside of your relational lives to keep it exciting and interesting,
0: yeah 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 I love this I right, tell us more about the pleasure portal <laughs>
1: <laughs> the 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 well, you know there is a trend yeah. I've noticed a trend of an uptake in conscious play parties. Mm -hmm. These aren't swinger parties. Swinger parties are very much, you know, you go into it with your partner and there's fucking all over the place. Um, Conscious play parties generally will include some type of educational element. At the one that we're um, hosting in Austin, there will be a a mind-blowing intimacy panel discussion. Uh, Dave Asprey, who's the father of biohacking and Kimmy Inch who is a kink educator and a pro dom Uh, both of them are on the panel
0: she is fabulous she is fabulous one of her conscious kink parties and they're incredible learned all about how to spank and ask my partner how he liked it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and what number he what number was that and what number would you like it and then you like learned how to turn up or down the dial it was fun it was Did, a really cool, like, I've never been that communicative. It's really like learning how to communicate what you like in the
1: bedroom. And that's what we, where do you learn that? Yeah. this. Is, these are the places that you get to go to learn that. Right. And it opens up all types of conversation portals be, between you and your significant other by stepping into these spaces. Because you get to talk about it before, aftercare is really important that you, you know, Um, process the experience together or integrate you know it's another it's a ceremony to go into these spaces yeah so we'll start with the uh yeah and each each play party is unique in its own you know similar to every party that you go to who's hosting it um who's curating the activities there this one after the mind-blowing intimacy panel that's a lot of intellect So we'll have people in their heads and processing, and then we want to move them into their bodies. And uh, we're doing a shibari rope demonstration, plus sound healing and performances. Um, So people will be able to, you know, rest inside of themselves, be entertained, um, move them within their bodies. I, you know, I think that a lot of times you you. Then as you alive and people back up, you know, sometimes you'll have them crawl around and like mm-hmm. roar like animals and connect with each other and see, you know, look into each other's eyes as they walk around the space. And uh, and then after midnight, th- this experience starts at six. After midnight is when the space opens up into a play party. People can leave if they want um, before that, or they can stay. And, and being at a play party, you know, I... I host a podcast deep in with Christina and the last episode released is on the kinky rabbit club, which is a, um, in Los Angeles and they're a high end, uh, a high, I don't, it's not, it's not a it's high end conscious play party. Let's call it that. And, uh, they shared that they, they invited, you know, a couple just come and have a drink at the party you don't have to do anything you don't have to take your clothes off Uh, you know typically when I've gone to play parties I haven't played I've actually never been to a play party with a significant other this will be the first time on August 12th for me that I have a partner in the space with me uh, and we'll play together there otherwise I've been as a single woman and 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 typically at play parties they will couples or single women are okay. But I had to overcome the first times that I entered the space because as children, you learn you do not hit on someone else's man. Mm. Like you, you know, I was, I was like, as a guy started talking to me, I'm like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> like, is she okay? You're having this conversation. I'm just looking to, you know, into her, to feel her energy is what is okay for us to be doing in the space. But You know, it's it's important that they they invite women to lead. Mm -hmm. Even if you're in a relationship, like let the woman lead that experience um, for you two together. Uh, so, yeah, you don't have to take your clothes off. You can be in the essence of it. I remember at times when I was by myself, I'd look around and I was just catching up with friends, <laughs> mingling. And then I would look over and I'd see three beautiful women in their own scene. And it's erotic and beautiful to be a witness to. So you, you get to witness the beauty and create your own experience. And then they'll usually have different stations. Um, like you can go to the spanking station. It sounds like you did at K- Kimmy Inches last yeah play party so there's the spanking station or there was one station at uh yosef saggy does in la is mystery temple and there was a woman and she blindfolded you and you stepped into a station and you picked uh, um from a vase uh you know there was tons of papers with different poems on them and you picked out a poem and then she Whispered it into your ear. And that's, (laughs) see, it's so, it's, that's kind of like a PG 13.
0: Right, right. But it can be sexy and intimate. What I've learned so far, and I'm still brand new, uh, I definitely want to lean more into the Tantra world, but it's getting really in tune with the delicate touches and the feathers. Kink can go, you know, all the way to the whips and, right? But there's so much sexiness in just delicate touches or the whispers in your ears. There's a ways to arouse that don't have to be hardcore.
1: <laughs> this is true. Jaya has created the erotic blueprints, and you can you know tune into. They say they say though, I first when I learned my erotic blueprint of central, and I was connecting with somebody who's kinky, and I felt like the blueprints boxed me. Huh. And he kept looking at me as central, and I was like, No, what? I want to go into the kink space. But th- they say that these, um, that's, they're actually gateways yeah. into all other areas. And each human being, um, similar to how there's some people who love extreme sports, mm. like they want to go and, you know, jump off a mountain with a wing suit. No, thank you. Um, and there's typically what they're craving is a specific. Release of hormones. It's like their body craves this concoction of hormones that are released through that experience. So, in sex, when you start to learn your partners, like what are they craving from a, uh, a hormone release, dopamine, oxytocin, like it sounds in that, that your body really enjoys the oxytocin release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but some of these higher intense experiences like the spanking, there's something in that that's being released inside of their body that their own unique energetic is craving.
0: I wonder if it's, that's adrenaline, right? It's more intense danger.
1: Yes. Yeah. There's some of the love, the danger they like to be, you know, there's a, a, a fear aspect to it. I mean, there's in my personal connection right now, this human, like he loves when I, Um, boss him around and call him a whore and tell him he's not good enough
0: (laughs) so wild the human psyche
1: how do you support
0: people in expressing what they desire especially I mean certainly for new relationships right that feels almost easier to me to get into like this open dialogue so maybe um, versus like you've been in a relationship for 15 years and all of a sudden you want to tell them you want to get spanked? Like it's almost more risky yeah. in a way. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I think that's why these spaces are important to journey through. And not everybody lives, like we're seeing this trend in Los Angeles, Austin, Miami, you know, big cities if you're not in a big city. Some of them, you know, Hedene is a uh, uh an adult central retreat, so you can yeah. actually travel and have that experience um, uh, together. And, and, and these experiences, I think, are worthwhile traveling to. But if you're in, you know, an an area and you're limited, you're you're not able to travel, you can work with a practitioner um, online and and have them support you in opening up, you know, these conversation portals between you and your partner. You can get a book and read that together. Um you know it's it's requires a level of open mindedness, and I will also say that you know when somebody comes to me initially, like the things that I'm playing in my relationship, my imagination didn't make that up hmm. like it's almost that you need to put yourself in situations where you're you're you can open up to have these ideas. It's like, if somebody, if you've never had an olive, someone's like, do you want an olive? And you're like, I've never had, I don't know if I want an olive. (laughs) So a lot of times you don't know until you've seen it or experienced it. And a lot of the population is going to porn, unfortunately. And that's not, there's so much more. There's so much more in the space between even an interesting thing. And I mentioned this before we push record, but the person who I've been seeing, like we've been... In connection and um, having intimate experiences together for about seven months. And him and I have never had penetrative sex. It's wild. And our connection is so fulfilling. It's
0: so wild to me. First of all, because I don't know if I could wait that long personally. I'd be like, fuck me already. (laughs) Like, I want penetration. And... um, I would almost expect the man to like not stare around like that and that's that's my shit right that's a stupid that's a story I've created that is obviously not a hundred percent true but um yeah, I expect that that's what a man wants like so I am so excited to hear that you have this this long of a connection. Um, and they keep coming back for more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can say this has happened with one person and I have, um, shared the story and uh, a man did respond to it and he said, he's more patient than I am. Right. But it's interesting with us. It's not even though that we're, that that's the goal. We're not like trying to get to a period of time where, um, we like, you know, I, I often wonder like, am I going to leave this connection with us? Never fully fucking. Um, however, if that does happen, I will feel very fulfilled because there's been there's so much other mm. that you can do in the space between, Right. and it's allowed for um, creativity and newness. And there's a, a spiritual theory, uh, and this is in heterosexual relationships, but there's a spiritual theory that man's life purpose is to make woman happy.
0: Ah. I like
1: that. And in that <laughs> experience, it's, it becomes, it's all about my pleasure. Mm. I've had to come t- to go to him at times and be like, tell me what you want. Because, it, uh, you know, bread of shame will set in. And I'm like, I want to give to you right. as well in this experience. And, and I think because he's kinky that he is, it doesn't, he's fine with it not being about him.
0: Wow. I am so accustomed to the man uh, being about them. And I almost to the point where I expect his pleasure comes first. Yeah. And I'm only now in like my mid 40s starting to be like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm not done yet. (laughs) You know, even if they've ejaculated.
1: If you even think of a man's body is designed to make a woman happy. Mm. And there's been, you know, new studies in the quote unquote biohacking community that says that a man if he ejaculate like the 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 amount of times that he should ejaculate is like once every 30 days. Oh. Yeah. And when I've talked to men who've gone through phases of celibacy, yeah. they always speak about how they were so clear-headed. Yeah. Yeah, and empowered. And empowered. Yeah. yeah. But women on the other hand, like we can orgasm Again, that doesn't like that doesn't drain our energy. The opposite; it fuels us. We're actually
0: supposed to live in pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. And, I just learned this. And a man. So if a man's life purpose is to make women happy, if you think uh, my uncle is a gay man, and I remember when I was like preaching this theory years ago, he was like, "What?" Like he was so upset, and I was like, "Uncle David, I have seen how you are with Grandma, your mom." And you would do anything for her mm. to be happy. And, and that was, it was true. I watched how he was with his mother and it was, he would put everything before for her.
0: I wonder if that's just like feminine, masculine dynamics, whether it's in a man or a woman, like pleasing the feminine, right? So even if it's a, a gay couple, one would lend to more the masculine, one would lend more, right? So they would create that dynamic.
1: Yeah. Some polarity possible, aspect. Yeah, I, I think so. I, yeah. I think that's, that's definitely possible. And uh, yeah, if all the women, you know, if you're a man listening to this episode and you could just picture every time you went out in the world, women were just smiling and they would say hi to you. And, um, and there was a a joy, a skip in their step. Like, how would that make you feel as huh. a man? And it's not, you know, this is interesting from like a, monogamy polyamorous conversations not just your quote-unquote life purpose and you know that sounds so big I'm not saying that you should be responsible for a woman's happiness however it's not just about one woman you can be devoted to one woman but even as you're in the office even as you're you know getting your groceries and with the checkout girl like you those moments where she is um In joy are enlightened through your interaction between the two of you. Yeah, it feels like it's. I can even see sometimes like women will get upset of men on Instagram. I hear this one all the time of like, why does he like other women's pictures or why is he commenting on the other women? Or he follows, there's always like, he follows so many pretty women. Um, they. Feminine energy enlivens them, mm. especially when they see women in states of pure joy. Mm. It's
0: an honoring of the female, right? It's the honoring of the, of the woman. I think it's a beautiful thing. Mm. And if I, think, I think if you're in a relationship and you're getting jealous of these dynamics, that it's a worthy issue. Uh, I would guess and I might be completely wrong this might not be truth for everyone but there would be an opportunity there to take a look at like how am I not realizing that I am worthy I think jealousy is often a sign of self-esteem concerns Mm -hmm. and that I'm not worried about my man flirting with other women because I know he's gonna come home to me Mm -hmm. and he wants to be with me And if I didn't think that, then I'd be concerned about him flirting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But if I knew that I, what I deserved, and and who I am, I'd know he he would want to pick me, or he is picking me, and it's okay for him to flirt, and honor other women. Please do.
1: I went on a rampage years ago, and I was like, everybody should break up, (laughs) Um, because it's you know we are so deeply attached sometimes in our connections because. I, let's, we are living in a lonely epidemic. Mm. We have a longing to be with somebody else. The external world hasn't made dating fun. You know, Nobody really wants to go and swipe on a dating app yeah. to find the love of their life.
0: Shopping at Walmart.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. So, so it's like I would rather stay in this than go back out there. And I long to be in connection Whoa. with somebody And then we're just playing out these, um, yeah, this, like, accepting less than what we're worth. Mm. Um, Also feeling less than what we're worth because we're staying inside of that dynamic. And that, you know, that creates that feeling of um, lack inside. And then there's all these subconscious or unconscious um, dynamics at play. For instance... Dr. Avron Rice, who is the author of the book Hidden in Plain Sight, how yeah. men's fears of women are shaping their intimate relationship. And there are, he speaks about these seven fears. Uh, I'm going to, I'll share those please, with you.
0: Please, please,
1: And And it's interesting when I, some men are conscious of these fears and some of these are unconscious. And some men will be like, no, that's not me, but... Take a moment to listen to these. So men are afraid of being dominated and controlled by women. I mean, that's like what we used to grow up with. We heard pussy whipped. You never wanted to be pussy whipped. Huh? Men are afraid of being entrapped by women. Men are afraid of failing to protect and provide for women physically, financially, emotionally. That
0: one I understand.
1: Men are afraid of women's emotions. Ooh. Men are afraid of being inadequate emotionally, interpersonally, and sexually.
0: Performance anxiety?
1: Mm hmm. Men are afraid of being abandoned.
0: Aww.
1: And men are afraid of their own femininity.
0: Interesting. The last one's pretty juicy.
1: Yeah. The last one is, yeah. is, is that's even when I d- do my one-on-one coaching it, uh, oftentimes. Yeah. When men will come and tell me what their experience, I'm like, why don't you say it to her this way? And they're like, Oh, I can't tell her that. Hmm.
0: Is it a matter of being emotional and telling them their, what they're emotionally feeling? Is that what that means? Yeah. 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 They're taught not to, that's not masculine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So
1: they withhold that. They they want to be the strong person Yeah. in yeah. that connection that would be a sign of weakness
0: right Woof. okay so how do you then support a man in sharing his desires let's say we have a couple we have a husband and wife or newly dating couple right and he wants to be with her no question she's his queen and he has desires to um, he's attracted to other women How does he verbalize this to her without her going running for the hills? If he's scared that that's going to be the outcome and he doesn't know.
1: Okay. So just to to make sure I have this correctly, there's a man. He found his, he believes he found his queen. Yes. He wants to be with her. Yes. But he's also in a space of wanting to be with other women as well.
0: Potentially. Or he even just has innate desires to... Like he sees all the women and he's like, I would love to have sex with her. Uh, not necessarily act on it, but even just admitting that he has the desires can be fearful or create fear.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what a man could say yeah. is, I thoroughly enjoy my connection with you. When I think about you, I feel as though... I found my queen. And I can envision a life together with you. I'm a bit fearful, though, of full-on commitment uh, to one person forever in the sexual context. Uh, I love to explore sexuality and you know, I I, I want to lead a life that is um, novel and interesting. And I find myself sometimes attracted to other women as well. Not like you, because I want to commit, you know, I want to, I do want to commit. That's the paradox. Like I say, not commit, but like I want to commit to you. Um, and I want to be fully myself in this connection, like always reveal and tell you, truly what's happening for me uh so i don't know but if you'll accept me for that as i work through this um and and for you to know that you are my priority and and most important
0: hmm yeah
1: and i think it's also then becomes of asking questions of the other human because what does she want that's really important too so it's it becomes a, a dialogue between the two of them
0: why do you think it's important to to do this work and to have this level of open communication?
1: there is um there's this uh, so I've been studying relationships for the past decade uh, you know I, I started in 2014 I produced underground unattached it was a curated dating experience in New York City for. Two years and we had 1,200 people come through. And, wow! And it, then that was the catalyst for we deepened because it was like, oh, this one dating experience is going to solve all, all of the, um, all the challenges that people are having in love. And when I look deeper at the problem, it's you know most people didn't grow up observing healthy relationships. Right. There's a lack of relationship role models. And this topic is everything that can support you in having a healthy, thriving relationship is neglected in our educational curriculums. Um. Shelley Ballard had written this article years ago that I always I, I've shared it so many times and it's 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 inclusive of these four pillars of a conscious relationship and what you know if we think of our our relationships have been breaking down for years when I grew up there was you know it was told to us like fifty percent of Marriages end in divorce. Well, now, 20, 30 years later, 50% of marriages end in divorce. Second marriages are 64% of them end in divorce. Um, Your third marriage, you're at about a 76% chance that that marriage will end in divorce. So it keeps increasing. The more you get married, it goes up. Yes.
0: Oh, fascinating. Mm -hmm. I wonder Mm -hmm. how many, the percentage of people of not getting married anymore. That oh, I'm there's a high. About. There's, um,
1: 122 million Americans of adult age that are, um, that are, are not married or not interested in married. There's, there's, yeah. and, and I think, you know, go to unmarried.org. Uh-huh. There's actually a movement. They call it the singles pride movement ah.
0: of a group of people
1: <laughs> up, up next on our agenda is going to be singles pride month.
0: Oh, that's
1: hilarious. Uh, and there's a group of, an organization of people that are fighting for equal rights for people who are single because you do get a lot yeah. of governmental benefits for getting married um you know similar to people fought for the, you know the gay movement for them oh, to get equal we still don't have it across the board for singles and um, so there's many many more people um yes who are you know fearful of getting married i mean all these like these stats that I just share you and you can look around the world and we all grew up in broken families. It's not like, yeah. I want to run out and do that. It's <laughs> like, it's the consciousness is shifting. And, but here's the thing is when things break down, it opens up the opportunity for us to create a new. Hmm. And so these four pillars of a conscious relationship is, you know, number one, no attachment to outcome growth comes first. Doesn't mean that you don't fantasize about what a relationship could become, but it's that you're willing to put growth above everything else in your connection, whether that means that you grow together or grow separate and apart, and you're willing to be yourself instead of getting contorted into a box that is not you, and you become so suppressed or so, you know, for fear of that other person leaving you, rejecting you, hurting somebody else, but you're putting growth first. And I often too, if if somebody comes to me and they're like, I don't know if I should stay or should I go in this relationship, where's your growth? Is it to stay? Are you going to grow best in that connection? Or are you going to grow more from, you know, there's seven seven eight billion people in the world like we all have different blueprints people come into our life for different reasons maybe this isn't your one all forever person and you're can grow by actually detaching and going elsewhere huh. number two is both parties agree to own their own shit
0: <laughs>
1: you know when we come into relationship like expect to be triggered we all have different wound wound imprints inside of us. And that's gonna come up, the jealousy, the insecurity, the fear of abandonment, rejection. You're gonna feel it all. And that is based upon your own previous experiences and your own blueprint to this is your shit. Do not blame anybody else for your experience. Relationships are a free will experience. You do not have to stay. Mm -hmm. Number three, all feelings are welcome and no internal process is condemned. In a relationship, you can feel everything and anything. You can feel sadness, aliveness. Um, You know, you can feel jealousy. You can feel it all. Um, And you can share that process with your significant other, like, without blaming them for that experience. But that's really the true essence of letting somebody else see you and know you. That's that's growth, to be able to share that with another. And then four... The relationship is a place to practice love. Love is a practice. It's a verb. You know, it's it's the process of continuing to ask yourself again and again and again, what would love do? And it's going to be a different answer every time. Um, but always, yeah, what would love do in this moment? And love is a study. You know, it's, I wish... If people will come to me and they're like, it's innate, we're all born in love. And I'm like, if that was true, <laughs> like this chaos that's happening worldwide would not be here. Love is definitely a state of being and a practice. Mm. Mm,
0: I love that. I love that.
1: And so when I go into relationships, like that, I actually say that to them. I'm like, if you want to do that, here's, here's our four principles. This is how... This is this is what we'll do together. Yeah, it's beautiful.
0: I think it also sets the stage of like shit's going to come up and you're safe to share it and we're going to work through it as a couple. And as we're both human, like that's why we're here. It's to kind of explore and we all have ancestral trauma. We all have the programming that gets passed down that we get to to first often experience and then you get to look at and be like okay do I get to choose something different is that 100% the truth like am I making up a story here right like abandonment uh, they didn't reply so they they're they're not interested anymore like we we create all these stories and so it's so I find it so important to set this even in the beginning of a relationship especially be like if you're going through something communicate it and, and this is a safe space. And I will love all the parts of you, the light and the dark. And it's all welcome. And yeah, relationships so often are the triggers that like they create the opportunity for the trigger to come out so that you get to work on it.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, you- if you don't show who you really are, you, you can't really assess if you're compatible with another human being.
0: Yeah. And the best advice I can give because I've learned it myself, is um, when you are in that triggered state, uh, instead of blaming or accusing or um, pointing the finger at someone else, to really be in a space of question and asking, I've come up with this story, is that true? My brain's decided your behavior meant this. Is that true? Mm -hmm. And when you ask instead of accuse, the door's open.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and it's also what haven't I told you mm. like what in av- haven't I told you that's important to me and sometimes you have to feel the thing to know like oh I should communicate that and I I bring that piece up because um, I see in the quote-unquote conscious community often like we want people to be free and to fully be themselves and um, there's a sp- specific couple coming to mind. I remember they were yeah, playing the, the free love experience and, uh, and someone one would go out and they would make out with somebody else and then they would come back and the other one would get triggered and, and this dynamic continued to play out over and over. And I said to one of them, why don't you just tell them that you don't want them to make out with anybody else? That, like, you want those lips as your lips and to be able to come home to them because they're so special to you and so important. You love them so much and it feels so good for you at this moment in time to know those lips are yours.
0: Mm.
1: But we don't say those desires, so you know, the other person doesn't even know. They're like, oh, they don't care. They don't care if I make out with somebody, they don't care that I do it but i would love you know i think we're all craving to know someone's truth mm. of what they want like uh, you know yes we're craving and and those things when we with we suppress our real true desires and not tell the other human being i mean sometimes even telling them evaporates like the the really the need to want it maybe you just say it and then like you loosen the grip yeah um and the you know, disappointment of it not happening releases because now you've shared it. Um, and that's like, that's where the real closeness happens when you're really being yourself. And people can sense there's like an underlying current that someone's not there, like saying that they're okay with me being out, but I feel like a disconnect, but they're not right. saying what happened. And Yeah. Yeah. So the inauthenticity and that connection just spirals.
0: Yeah. In that moment, I'd invite people to open the dialogue again with questioning, like, I'm sensing that you're distant. Is there something that you need to tell me? Like, I need coaxing sometimes Mm. to, to ask how I like it, even in bed like how did you like that what did you want differently like I was just had an intimate experience and he literally asked me okay what did you like about that what did you what would you do differently and I was like whoa this is what I've never had a, a after exploration of how that sexual experience was like I've never experienced that before it was totally new to me but I needed him to open up the with the questions so what did you like about that? What was your favorite part? So supporting your partner is my point with questions. Mm-hmm. It helps them open.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The curiosity is so yeah. important.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Christina, we are getting to the end. So there's one question that I would like to ask all my guests is completely off of this topic. But if a little six-year-old Christina were sitting next to you right now, what would you say to her?
1: Hmm. I'm so proud of you. You're mm. doing it. Ah, I love that. What do you? And proud then, of? and then I I thank her too. Like thank you. When I was 18, I I had this. I dislocated my elbow when I was in in high school, and it it was so painful that I was like, I can die right now. <laughs> like oh. just kill me. This is so much pain. This is it. And and as I was healing from that, I remember having this thought that like. Well, one, I wanted to fake my funeral so I could be there and hear what people would say about me (laughs) after I had passed. And I decided that that moment in time that I would live my life in a way where I would hear what people had to say about me in the moment. (laughs) And, uh, and yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm proud of, of, I've grown so much. I've, Um, I live a life completely outside of the box. Um, I'm definitely a nonconformist and, uh, yeah. So I, am I'm, I'm, there's a, I'm, I'm proud. I love that. And I know pride, pride can be a, like an ego trip. I don't agree.
0: I don't, uh, people are like poo poo that word. I think it's a beautiful word.
1: Yeah. Proud is
0: like you're proud of something you've like you've accomplished something you like you it's love to me it's not an ego thing.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like my existence. I'm grateful to have it, and I feel like it's been a life well lived. Mm. You're great at this, by the way. I could keep talking to you <laughs> for like <laughs> hours.
0: You're so sweet. Thank <laughs> you. It's so funny. Uh, on my profile on Bumble, it says. I can promise you one thing. You've never met anyone like me. And some guy reached out today and he was like, what does that mean? (laughs) He's like, it caught my attention. I was like, well, I don't follow the rules. I live life by my rules. Like I I retired first and traveled around the world. Now I'm ready to work. I don't, I'm not looking for marriage and babies. I want to commit a relationship, but I don't think the government needs to be involved. You know, like I just, I don't follow the rules and, and that makes me rare and exceptional in a way and yeah so i appreciate that about you as my point mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you for not following the rules
1: yeah, <laughs> yes. let's make our own rules yeah yes.
0: or, or like fuck rules
1: all together fuck rules <laughs> all together totally yeah yeah
0: so um thank you thank for being you. you thank you for showing up thank you for doing all that you do for the community you are bringing so much consciousness and uh, openness And connection, everywhere you move and you travel and you plant roots, you create connection. Mm. You're like the
1: mycelium. Mm. (laughs) You can say that because that's in you too. It's like a reflection. I'm just, I'm a reflection of you. Uh. (laughs) Ah. Thank you. How can people learn more about the pleasure portal? Yeah, the pleasure (laughs) portal. You can go to wedeepen.com. Again, if you're listening before August 12th of 2023, that is on the homepage at wedeepen.com. Also, if you click on that social calendar, you can access all types of other social and transformational experiences that can help you have more meaningful, loving relationships. Boundless is the experience that we're hosting They are, it's by Unbound Collective and they do more play parties, New York City, Los Angeles, Austin, Texas. So even if it's after that date, check out that calendar. You can see those listings there.
0: Cool. All right. And then if you do buy a ticket, please make sure you mention that you heard about it through this podcast. Say dr nikki sent you definitely (laughs) that way i get some brownie points we
1: need to know where you came from because this is an intimate experience stranger danger ah good point yeah and i like getting credit (laughs) (laughs) i want a little gold star
0: (laughs) all right you guys i love you